Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Worship Team Podcast. This is Alex Infiegin, your host. And if you are a new listener today, first time, I just wanted to take the time to say thank you, welcome, hope you enjoy the podcast. Um, For those of you who are newer listeners, I just want to encourage you to go back and look at all of our older episodes because we've covered a ton of different topics from, you know, how to create a culture of musical excellence, how to improve your stage presence, um, what to do when a team member sins, what is prophetic worship, all these different topics. topics that will hopefully be helpful to you and to your team members as you strive to grow as a worship leader and a worship team member. So uh, check out the old episodes. You can go to the website alexonmusic.com. That's A-L-E-X-O-N music.com and just find the all episodes link and check out what you're missing. Or obviously you can do it right from the podcast app. So today um, is episode number 12, and uh, we are talking with Jason Houtsma of Worship Artistry. And the big theme for today is getting the best out of your current players. How do you take your current players and make them sound as good as they can? Jason covers two kind of main ideas in this episode. I don't want to give them away too quickly, but just... Train. Are you training your people? Are you giving them tools and training that they need to get better? And then the second idea is just to not try to make your team be something that they're not. You know, your church doesn't have to sound like Hillsong. Um, The people that God has put there are the people he wants there because he wants the music to sound a certain way at your church. So really just take what you have, steward it well, and make it better. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So stick in to the end because there's some good practical advice at the end of the episode. All right. See you at the backside. All right. Hey, everybody. I am here with Jason Houtsma of Worship Artistry. He is coming to you from uh, the northern part of Washington. Hello, Jason. How's it going, Alex? It's going good, man. Thanks for being here. Oh, excited to do it. I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. So we're equal there. Hey, okay. So, um, Jason, I think a lot of our listeners know about you and what you do, but for those that don't, could you give us like a 35 second version about who you are, your family and kind of what you're currently doing? All right. 35 seconds. Ready, set, (laughs) go. Um, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm the worship pastor at Mosaic Church in Bellingham, Washington. Uh, I have a wonderful wife and two rambunctious boys, uh, five and eight. And I am the co-founder, creative director, and guitar instructor for WorshipRistry.com. We're a website where we uh, where we instruct worship musicians in in music and help them really bring their best. And uh, what we're doing right now is really exciting. We've been a guitar lesson website for. A long time for about five years with about 300 lessons and now we've kind of gotten to this place where we've hired on additional musicians so we have a keyboard instructor drums bass and what we're really focusing on is taking these songs that you know Hillsong and Chris Tomlin put out we license them all so we have the masters it's all completely legal and that we take those songs that have like 30 tracks and 40 tracks on them and we narrow them down put them into five piece arrangements and you'd be shocked at how much like the record it sounds. Yeah. So you basically what you guys want to do is you want to help average worship teams across America and the world sound great and, and be as great as the record, right? Is yeah. that, that's what you're doing. 
Yeah, I mean, that's 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 really kind of how we do it. But I think what we're really trying to do is help uh, musicians just in general, just bring their best. And if they keep bringing their best, then their best is going to keep getting better. And so we're we're training people who you know have no skill whatsoever and just are starting from scratch and want to play worship and lead worship and have that amazing heart because you you know you can't teach heart necessarily but you can teach skill and so we teach skill and we do it in a way that they can understand it and grow with it and help them really think like a musician and then we're also then helping you know your more seasoned more seasoned musicians the way our lessons are set up you know they can easily just watch a quick playthrough with the you know the electric guitar raised up or the keyboard raised up be able to see it see the sheet music or tabs and it's you know they can learn the song really quickly and it just kind of makes their life a lot easier. So it's kind of like the whole spectrum, but really the whole thing is about, you know, we believe God deserves our best and, and uh, we're trying to help people bring that wherever they are in that process. Yeah, so worship artistry kind of started with this crazy idea that anyone with the right training could bring their best to their team and add value and beauty to their team's songs and to the, the worship experience, right? So... I think uh, if I would rephrase what you just said in a, in another way, I'd say that worship artistry's goal is to help worship leaders get the best out of their current players, right? Like anyone, or even like I think you said, even players who aren't on the team yet, who maybe aren't ready to be on the team, you guys want to help bring that person up to the level where they're ready. So I want to drill into this idea a little bit about getting the best out of our current players, because... I think a lot of us worship leaders can fall into this trap that like, man, if only I had a better electric guitar player or, or if only I had an electric guitar player, period, right? Or, <laughs> or if only I had a better bass player or better singers or a better sound system, then we'd have awesome worship. Um, but what you're saying is it's not about necessarily wanting something better that's out there somewhere, but it's about taking what you already have and making that better. Um, so could you kind of speak into that a little bit? Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. You know, the church environment is a is a really unique space because, you know, we have a certain certain thing that we're shooting for, you know, these different levels. And we don't really create pathways for people to actually grow and get better. And we we kind of set this standard that they that they have to hit, right? And often fall short of and then feel terrible about themselves. So we all know that that God loves our worship, that God loves the offering, you know, as long as we're doing our best. That's why we really came out with that, like, bring your best. We use that all the time. And so worship artistry really came out of that idea of we want to help people. We want to give them a roadmap. You know, I was on staff at a church for about, I was for just a couple of years, but I was on a staff of a church and we had 1,500 to 2,000 on a Sunday. And it was a bunch of different services. And I also led the, you know, youth group and that kind of stuff. And, um, what would inevitably happen is you'd have somebody come in and say, I want to, I, I want to play for worship. I, you know, I, I play guitar, let's say, and they come in and they, they, they try, you're like, okay, cool, let's play. And they try out and, you know, we were pretty laid back. I was like, okay, let's sit down and play and just see how you do. And, and, you know, a lot of times they just weren't ready to be able to play with a group of people. And we had no way of giving them a map. We would basically just be like, well, yeah, you're not quite there go take lessons and come back when you're better. I mean, essentially is what happens. And what that person would end up walking away is hurt usually. And um, no matter how kind we were about it, you know, it's still, it, it still kind of hurts your ego, but we didn't say, Hey, 
you know, you're not quite ready, but go back and learn these 20 songs. Here's 20 songs and here's like a great instruction and come back when you feel like you can play these songs along with the recordings and that you're there and, and you can work towards that and then come back and let's do it again. You know, that it, we just don't create that, that, um, that roadmap for people. And so I think that was kind of, you know, part of the heart of the, of the lessons. But then even beyond that, then, okay, so now you've got this and now, okay, let's, let's try and help you grow a little bit more and to get to a place where, you know, they can serve the body in the best way that they can. Yeah. So just really helping people get better is, is what you guys want to do and what I think all worship leaders should do because that, that's what our, our role is as a worship leader and as a church leader is to equip people to be better than they currently are, right? Yes, exactly. That's true, not just in ministry, but of like our marriages or of a business or of parenting. Like it's easy to want something else that's out there, but that's not what God has given you, right? He's given you something. He's put something concrete in your hands and it's our job to take that something and make it what we want it to be. So let's talk a little bit about that concept of taking what sure. you currently have and making it better. So Jason, mm-hmm. you're besides worship artistry, you're a worship leader at a church. You have a team of people. How do you train your team members besides, you know, just sending them links to your videos, which I'm sure you do? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, there, there's, there's a number of things that I do. I have, I have kind of a unique environment now um, because I'm in a, a smaller, you know, I, like I said, I used to work in this large church. So I draw a lot of things from worship artistry from that experience. But I'm, my church now is like 200 people. And so what I really try and focus on is doing things that sound really great with only a few instruments. And so, you know, for example, like I think one of the things that really inspires musicians to play worship is when they sound good. You know, and, you know, I've been in scenarios where, you know, you're trying to do so much with players that don't have the ability to do it, you know, and, and all you're doing is frustrating them. They know that it doesn't sound good. You know, the people that are, that are singing along know it doesn't sound good and they still love those people. And it's great. Like there's no, I want to be real clear. Like, I don't think that they're like, if you're putting an effort, you're worshiping. Like that's the way that I very much view it. Like, I don't think there's some God standard God has that he, you know, gets mad that you biff that C chord, but like, um, trying to create great music with, with the ability they have. So for example, in my old church, I was in charge of this youth band and I was constantly like back and forth with this youth pastor, um, who's a great guy, but you know, we had a drummer who couldn't keep time and would not practice. We had a bass player who was disinterested and just kind of showed up every once in a while. And, uh, we had, a, we had a couple girls who were really good singers. We had a guy who was not, and then we had, and then we had, um, we had another guy who was a, a good guitarist. And so, you know, they were always like band and it needs to sound like Hillsong United and it needs to be like huge and all these things. And I was like, it's not going to like, it's, it's not until they're willing to put in the time to practice. So instead what we would do is we would tear it down and we would do acoustic sets. And what, and what we would do is we would have, you know, two of the girls who could sing really well the guy who could play acoustic guitar really well. Then you'd have like the guy who wasn't so great at acoustic guitar, but he'd be really low in the mix and kind of quiet back there. And he would just kind of learn from those better musicians. And then you ended up, man, what a worship set that it sounds great. They're, they're leading it. People are excited to follow them. 
even though it's not big and epic, it's still like, man, it sounds really great. And it, it just works, right? And so in my current situation, I have 200 people in my church. And, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a different kind of a thing in that kind of small of an environment. And so sometimes we have drums, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we have keys, sometimes we don't. But every time I'm always kind of arranging it specifically with, with simple stuff. And I usually only take one person who needs a lot of work. And I, like, for example, I have a kid right now who's awesome. He's got a great heart. But, you know, I send him my worship artistry articles and I'm like, hey, you know, check out this thing about playing acoustic guitar. And But I coach him up. I talk to him throughout the week. Hey, make sure you, when you're at this song, think about this. And then when he comes in, he's he's on my hip, you know, and it's like I know that my other musicians can carry what they're going to carry. All my energy is going into growing that kid and helping him learn more about how to think like a musician, how to play on this part. You know, hey, don't just strum with me. Try doing this little arpeggio here. You know, play, play this part. Oh, you know what? This is a great opportunity for you to play a lead line. Let's pick out something really simple here. I've simplified this line for you. And so he gets to experience success in that, he's, in that he's learning and he's also sounding good. He's not taking things that are too hard. And our band sounds good because we're all like, we're all rooting for him and we have enough solid players to hold it down and do what we do. Once again, we don't have a bunch, we don't have 10 people on stage. You know, we've got three sitting around in a circle, you know, and it's like, it works. Yeah. It sounds really great. But it's because we 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 work with what we have and don't try and achieve something we don't have. Yeah, I, there are two things that I want to point out that you just said. One, don't try to do what you can't do, <laughs> right? Like well, that, work at it. It's okay to practice and try and get there, but recognize when it's not quite there yet. <laughs> right. I think that's so wise because I think a lot of us hear what's on the radio and go, oh, I got to sound like that. And you've got like two acoustic guitar players and a drummer who can't stay on the click track and a bass player who likes to slap, you know? And it's like, <laughs> it's like you can't, you're not going to sound like the radio. So don't try change your arrangement to do what you can do well, right? Yeah. Um, so don't try to do what you can't do. And then the other thing that I think was really wise is what you said, only train one at a time, you know, like don't put four people on the stage who aren't ready. Um, bring one kid in who's not ready that you can train. And like you said, have him on your hip and spend all of your time training him and have the rest of the team solid enough to where they don't need as much instruction. And I think what's cool about that, Jason, is that you're being really intentional about training. Like training is built into your atmosphere because I don't know if a lot of churches do that, like train up younger people to be great. Um, I, I got the experience in youth band. Uh, that's how I started in, in worship ministry. I don't know if that's your story too, but I think youth band is such a, a critical role in training up younger people to be ready for the, the Sunday morning main stage, you know? Um, so I love that you're, I love that you're training, but I love like what you said, only take on one at a time, um, at least on a, on a team context for a Sunday morning service. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's interesting now that there's a, a, a world where you can basically buy your guitar track or buy your bass track and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I think sometimes things just kind of, we're so we we put that sound above the person, yeah. You know, and and hey, it's cool if you can have that drum loop, and you know, it's great if your drummer can play to a click and you guys can do the, this. Thing. Like, I'm not against that at all, but I also think you have to train up people mm-hmm. because 
Because for some people, that's going to be the place they belong at church. And when you're at church, it's like you you need to have a place to serve and a place of belonging. And it doesn't mean that you take somebody who has absolutely no talent and like, well, we'll just keep trying. It's like they might have a different gift. That's okay. But there's something so satisfying about having a group of musicians all playing together and sounding great and not needing tracks and not needing not needing all this extra stuff. And it's so much more satisfying for your musicians to go, oh gosh, like check it out. Like I learned the simple drum beat and it it sounded good. We sounded great today. Like yeah. that's inspiring. That makes people want to come back. That's that's a joy more for the musician probably than than anybody else, you know, but it's ministry needs to be it should be fun. Yeah, and like you said, it's not necessarily about sounding great, buying the tracks so that your band sounds like the CD. That's not what God called us to do. It's about people. God called us to pour into people and train up people and raise up other leaders. And I just think about like Ephesians 4, it says that our job as leaders is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And that's what you're saying. You're saying it's not about sounding like the album. It's about teaching people how to be good musicians and good worship leaders um, and to help the people that God has put into our care get better. So those are a couple of the practical things that you do to train your team. Are there other things that you do to train your team? Those are kind of the main things. You know, I, I, uh, I mean, I think one of the, one of the thing, one of the things that's really on my heart is to really help people think like a musician. Um, you know, we, there's so many tools out there now where you can get this app that'll show you this chord or you can, here's the chart and here's the chart in every key and pick which one you want. And, you know, I have people like on our website all the time will be like, oh, why don't you have the chart as the song in all these different keys? I'm like, well, we want to teach a man to fish. We want to, we actually want to teach you to transpose. It doesn't take very long. It's not that hard once you learn how to do it and you practice it. And so like, for example, like with my with my team, I try and equip them with charts in advance. I try and um, just kind of be on message about what we're trying to do, you know, and always, always having fun with them, always kind of trying to be really aware of where they're at and just kind of always just, just always being in a coaching mindset. A lot of our music at, at my current church is, is original. So, um, and we do a lot of hymns and different arrangements and stuff. We use some stuff, stuff on the website as well, but you know, in those scenarios, it's like, well, what do you hear for this? You know, I want to give them creative freedom and give them an opportunity to step out and try different things too and not be super rigid. Mm. Um, I think that's an important part of training people as well as giving them an opportunity to to really own a part, yeah. you know. Um, I always tell people, uh, you know, learning a part of the song, you know, that the exact part from the record, like that should inform you, your part, but it shouldn't necessarily define your part. You know, because it's, it should sound a little different in your hands than it does in my hands. Like that's just, that's music, yeah. right? And so I think, I think just kind of encouraging people to be creative and just being really, uh, really forgiving at the same time, you know, letting him know, like, oh, you know, hey, maybe that wasn't the best idea. Hey, you need to tune your guitar. <laughs> that's one of my favorites. Like, yeah, you should probably stop and tune again, you know? Um, but yeah, just in, being an encouraging presence in their life not the person that's like oh the worship leader looked back at me and i totally messed up with that note and now i'm probably in the doghouse you know like yeah oh my gosh no you know it's funny that you say encouraging uh as part of training just being encouraging as a person that 
That is so true because I know when I first started here, like the team wasn't that great. In fact, when I first started, there wasn't a team. And so we had to build a team, which is why it wasn't that great because it was kind of new people playing together for the first time. And I remember I was discouraged a lot. And if my team members are listening, I'm sorry, but you probably already knew that. Um, <laughs> I was discouraged a lot and like, man, I wish it could be better. I wish it could be better because as a musician, as a worship leader, you're probably at a higher caliber than a lot of other people, at least hopefully. And so you're kind of discouraged that it's not sounding how you want it to sound. And you know what? People pick up on that. When we're negative, it just makes people not want to practice. It makes people not want to. It just but when you say, gosh, it's sounding so good, gosh, I'm so, and not that you're lying, but just that you're having a positive attitude, having that positive, encouraging attitude actually helps people get better. And I don't even know how to explain it. It's almost like some magical thing that happens, but just being encouraging and being positive and realizing that this is a process that takes time is, it gives people the freedom to just learn and grow. Um, and it sounds like that's what you're doing too. Well, I, you know, I think about when I was a kid and, you know, first playing in church and stuff. And, we, you know, had all these musicians around around me that did, you know, all these older guys and they'd be playing forever. And it's like, I mean, I was terrible sometimes. I remember there was one time where I thought, like, I just shredded it up, man. I was like the ripping guitar player that you really don't want on your worship team. And, um, and I remember being like, oh, man, like, that was cool. And I remember the bass player looked at me and he was like, huh, you're a little busy. You know, and he wasn't discouraging at all. It was like it was like a, that little thing that just kind of helped me go, oh, I should probably. He didn't have to go into big detail about how I was like completely overplaying and soloing through every section. You know, like he just had to say that little bit, and it was like, oh, yeah, like I no, I, okay, I need to I need to back it off. And at the same time, having guys that would just when I would do something well, you know, however rare it might have been in the beginning, would just kind of give me a little nod, like, hey, that sounded good. Oh man, you know. And it and it just means so much to you as a new person on the team or as, you know, as a growing musician, just to be like, okay, that's it, it. It helps you. It helps you understand that's what I'm supposed to be doing. That is gold because um, what you just said is when it's bad, don't overemphasize what's bad about it. And, and when it's good, when they do something good, then, you know, just give them that like, yes, that was that was the right thing. That was the right drum fill. That so not focusing on oh gosh you know you're pitchy um, and going into detail about that, but oh man that harmony that you sang was awesome. You know so that's huge because I <laughs> when I first came here I started this stupid thing called because I wanted to train my team. I started this stupid thing called personal coaching emails. That already sounds like a terrible idea, but go on. <laughs> oh, man, I know, right? It's like, why didn't I know that? But uh, so I, uh, I would keep this Evernote list of each team member and the things that, that I wanted them to work on over the next six months. Because I'm like, it's my job to train my team and they're not as good as I want them to be and I'll help them get better. And so I would um, once a quarter write an email to each team member saying, hey, you're doing great in this area, in this area, in this area, and this is really strong. And here are the two areas that I want you to work on over the next, you know, six months. And, you know, in an idea of itself, it's not that bad of an idea because it was positive and it was training and it was just showing them areas that they could work on. But also subconsciously, it was it was telling them, I'm not happy with the way you're playing, you know. 
Um, even though it was worded positively, and here's here's the biggest the biggest difference and the biggest downfall of it was the format. Email is not the right way to give critique, right? <laughs> oh man! True. So one lady, you know, said, "I'd rather uh, talk about this with you," and I was like. Yeah, you're right. We should have. And it made me realize I just scratched the whole project after that. I was like, I'm not going to train my team via email because email is so impersonal and they can't tell your vocal inflection or anything. So if you're going to train your team, it's good to have things that you want them to work on, but don't <laughs> don't email it to them. Well, it's interesting, you know, you know, we, there's like two words that we use for, you know, people who lead worship. We call them worship leaders and then we call them worship pastors. You know, and and to me, like worship pastor is such a should be a much more accurate term for what our job is, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's like we are pastoring people. Yeah, I might not have a seminary degree, but I'm shepherding them. You know, these are my people. I protect these people, you know, and they know that I've got their back and they know that I want them to get better. And that it's like I am totally I, I want them to win. Like that's that's what I'm there for, you know, and it's a slightly different picture. Right. Because I think. You know, there's a culture amongst musicians and it's it's not absent in the church in any way. But I think it's just a musician, a musician thing in general is that we're super we get super competitive and we get really ego driven and we get um, we we try and protect that ego. And so it's like, for example, you know, I used to be in a worship band that, you know, we were talking to record labels and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it was happening, you know, and um but we would go back, you know, you'd be backstage at some place and there'd be a bunch of bands playing and and inevitably right away, everyone's puffing up their chest, sizing up the room, trying to decide who, like, you talk to a guy like, oh, hey, how's it going, man? Like, tell me about your band, you know? And like, well, we've been talking to this producer and we're kind of, we're in the studio right now making a record. And, and they're just like trying to just like, are you better than me or am I further along than you? Let me see, let me see, let me see, you know? And, and that kind of a culture has no place in the church. Mm. We are... We are servants. That's what we do as worship musicians. And so we serve, we serve God, we serve our congregation, and then we serve each other. And so being in that space where it's like trying to, trying to one-up the other person or make them like feel like it's not a safe environment to learn or be like it's all about the product, it's not all about the product. It's about the people. And if they're bringing their best, if they're doing their best, you know, they're going to get better but that's that's the goal. That's the mission. Is like it's a community. Like worship is a community expression that we all do together. Yeah. Okay. So let me, uh, Jason. I, uh, those are some of the things you do to train. Let me go through a few of my things that I do with my team to train my team, and you can feel free to comment on any of these. Sure. Um, so here are some of the things that I've um, tried doing to help my teams get better. Obviously, the personal training email, personal coaching emails. Scratched that. Don't do that. Um, but the po- this podcast actually started as training material f- that I was developing for my team members. And I figured, what the heck? Why not record the content and spread it out to more people to be equipped by it? So I send them this podcast. Um, if there's another podcast that I hear, um, like David Santa Steven or, you know, anything from All About Worship, I'll shoot. I'll shoot. If it's like about drummers, I'll send that over. I think I sent the podcast that you did with John Nicole about guitar players. I sent that to some of my guitar players because that was gold. Um, so sending them podcasts, um, like you said about your team, I think you send them your articles that you write or other articles. I send my team articles that are helpful. Um, when I have a, a young worship leader lead worship, 
I will film it and I'll bring them in, sit down with them and we'll talk through their set. Um, and I, I found oh, wow. that that's been really helpful because they're like, oh man, I didn't realize what an awkward pause that was right there. Or wow, my prayer was just kind of me rambling. You know, it's like self-critique is, is a, is a very powerful thing where yeah. you can really see how you, how you are. Yeah. You normally don't have a hard time finding things that are wrong with us. Right. And I, and I also used to film when I first started, I filmed every single set and sent it to the team. And I said, look at your guys' stage presence. Look at your guys' stage presence. But again, that was the discouraging Alex, um, not the encouraging Alex. So I think focusing on the negative is it, you got to be careful about that. So, But the self-critique, like you said, <laughs> that's where you, where they sit down and watch it. That's that's pure gold right there. So um, go ahead. You have something to say? I mean, I see it all the time. I edit my own videos for worship artistry. All our teachers do. And it's amazing how quickly everyone's been getting better at it because they like, I don't need to tell them like, oh, yeah, you said I'm a lot. They're like, oh, my gosh, I said I'm a lot. I need to make sure that I don't do that anymore. You know, it's like self-critique is huge. Yeah, so good. Recording yourself is huge. So uh, the other the other couple tools that I give to my team to train is like Paul Balash has a training set of DVDs that are really good. We don't have a lot of electric guitar players. Actually, I'm the only one. So um, I watch some of your worship artistry guitar videos, but I know you're moving into drums and bass now. So I'll probably start sending those to our team as well. So worship artistry is an awesome resource. Good job, Jason. And then like I bought a bunch of vocal warm-up CDs for my singers and I tell them, put this in your car before church and, and warm up when you drive on Sunday mornings. And we use a, a girl named Shelly Kristen who has a really good warm-up set. Um, and then the last thing I think for training is what you already hit on earlier, which is like the youth band, you know, like youth bands are the best training ground for, for people. So I think well, uh, they've got they've got time to practice. Yeah, which is something that most adults do not have near as much of. Right. You know. Right. I mean, when I was a kid, I thought I was busy, but I also, when I think about it, I'm like, I probably put in five to six hours a day just playing guitar. So I wasn't that busy. Yeah. I was busy playing guitar. <laughs> exactly. So those are some of the things I use to train. Uh, do you have any thoughts or any final thoughts for our listeners about just taking what you currently have and doing the best you can? You know, I, I would say um, what what you have, the tool, the people that you have with you should define what you play, but it shouldn't define the quality with which you play. And so, you know, we always want to be a, aspiring to do better, you know, and, and as leaders, that's our job to help with that. But there's it has to come from the musician, too. You know, it's like I, one of the things that's the most discouraging to me is when somebody comes in and they're like not very good and they don't really care to get better, you know. And um, that's where the impatience comes in. And you're just like, well, you know, I mean, what are we doing here? Do you care about this or not? You know? And um, so I'd like, I'd encourage you, I'd just say, you know, work with what you've got and just try and make that really good, you know? And then when you do that, you'll grow. When you're, when you when you sound good, people want to play with you and it's okay to be kind of sparse and empty. Like, Hey man, unplugged got popular in in the nineties and it still works great for worship people actually hear themselves sing. You actually hear a congregation versus hearing a huge sound system. And there is, that's so life-giving, I think, both to the congregation and to the band because it's, it gives it that feeling of like, well, we can do this. And so you don't have to not play something well just because you're the only guy playing. You know, you can, you can always get better. Mm, that's good. 
Okay, Jason, how can uh, our listeners connect with you if they want to find you online or check out Worship Artistry, which I would highly encourage everyone listening. If you haven't checked it out, it is so worth your time and your investment for your team to help them get better. So tell them, where where do they find you? Well, worshipartistry.com is my, that's my baby. I can always be found there. So worshipartistry.com is, is, the, is the place. And I love hearing from people. Sweet, man. And I want to give you the opportunity to kind of just share what is worship artistry cost and what is someone getting when they invest in that? Yeah. So worship artistry is a subscription service. You know, you get to try it free for the first month for an individual. It's going to be $85 for a year. And that's, I mean, that's the cost of one month of private guitar lessons. It's probably actually cheaper, <laughs> you know? And um, so you get 300 plus lessons plus a constantly growing library all right there for that one price, that one time a year. And then you can also add your teams. So it starts anywhere from $6 a team member. And then the more team members you have, basically you just start getting free team members, you know? So they all have access to every instrument. So you're, you know, your guitarist who needs to step in on bass for the weekend can, can do that and actually sound like a bass player, not just a guy playing guitar on bass. Um, you can help grow your musicians. And then you know, both the piano and the guitar lessons always have a section. So we teach the songs to make them sound like the record. But then we always have in the piano and the acoustic guitar sections kind of more more discussion about a solo arrangement where, hey, if you're leading this on piano and just holding down these three chords isn't going to do it for you, like this is how you would approach it. And here's the rhythm and here's kind of the way to go with that. And then with guitar, I do the same thing where we talk dynamics, probably bring in some other melody lines. So those are my favorite things to do because I get to take a song and go, okay, now if I was just playing this by myself, what would I do? And so it's like, I'm going to bring in this piano line and I'm going to add this little riff here and then I'm going to play more percussively in this section and I'm going to grow it to be you know, dynamic so that you're not just a guy banging away on a guitar. Yeah, man. Okay, Jason, that's like a ridiculous value. So <laughs> I'm just going to say it. All of you who are worship leaders, you need to get this for your teams because this is like crazy crazy value $85 a year is like for what you're getting is insane so thank you for equipping the church Jason at such a low price well it's a it's a gift to do it you know we didn't we didn't want price to be a hindrance because ultimately as much as you know it's a business and all that kind of stuff and we have we have to pay licensing I mean we're like I said we're legit you know and so we don't we're not doing things that are illegal and we're we want things to be I always joke around there's no condemnation for those who are in worship artistry um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, we want to equip as many people as possible. Our heart is to teach and to train. And, um, it's cool that, that we're getting to a point where we can make a living on it, but the ultimate goal is to train worship leaders. So more than happy to, you know, I wish we could just do it for free. I know there's people that would love for us to do it for free, but I, I need to like at least eat a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Just a little bit though. Just a little. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. And we will, uh, we will, I'm sure hear from you again in the future. All right. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate it. God bless you, bro. All right. Some good stuff in there. Thank you, Jason, for giving us your time and your wisdom. And I just wanted to say one final thing on this topic. And that is, it takes time. If you want your current team to get better, just realize it's going to take time. Time to get to know each other as people, as brothers and sisters in Christ, and as musicians. And 
over time, as you get to know each other relationally and musically, things just start to click and things start to happen and the band starts sounding great. So don't rush it. You can't rush it anyway. Just let it play its course. Be faithful to train and teach and guide and love your team. So that's it for this episode. Um, If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, it always helps us. Uh, Otherwise, I'll see you next month with a very special surprise episode for you. So look forward to that in October. All right, God bless you and have a great Sunday. So won't you carry me on?